Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Jennifer Perro. She is a strategic business consultant and executive coach. She helps owners grow the business of their dreams so they can live the life of their dreams. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes. Can you share with us your story, how you started your coaching and consulting business and why you decided to focus on business growth? Sure. I've been joking with my friends that I'm on Jennifer version (laughs) 4.0. I am one of those people who was born of a family, people who stayed in one job their entire careers. And I've not only had way too many jobs to count, I've had four separate careers. And I started out in HR for about 10 years. Then I actually started an IT support company for small businesses with a partner. And we grew that from nothing to seven figures and had a successful run. It's actually still going quite strong, but I decided to leave the company after 10 years and got into property management on the operations side. And at that point worked with a company that was run by one of the most incredible salespeople that I know. And he had built this incredible foundation, but was hitting a wall. As you grow, he needed more process procedure operations. How do we make sure that all the pieces, parts are being taken care of? And so he brought me on board to do that. And in five years, we more than doubled our size. It was just big success. And that was great. But then I still knew something was missing. Something wasn't quite right. I'd gone through divorce, all the stereotypical life changes that make one stop and think, what are they doing with their life? And I knew that this was what I was supposed to do. I've always been the one that friends turn to for support, for advice, to talk through situations. I actually have a degree in psychology. And I have seen through the years, the struggles that the business owners go through in growing their business. So many people start a business because they're great at what they do and they have that initial success and start hitting a wall and they want to take it further, but how do they do that? How do you balance having a family with being responsible for 20, 30, 40, 50 people's payrolls and all of the clients and all of the issues that go along with it. And I realized my strengths, my skill sets, the experiences that I've been through, and it just felt it's the first job or career that I chose intentionally. I guess that sounds interesting enough. Yeah, definitely. I think that it takes a lot of us a ways to get to that point where we get to intentionally choose our journey. Yes. In walking through that, what are you grateful for now? All of the challenges. Every time I've hit a wall, personally or professionally, it's allowed me to step back and figure out, take that next step of growth, right? What's really going on? What can I do to improve? What have I learned? And that's gotten me here, really. Going through challenges has given me the confidence to take the risks, which I'm not risk averse, but I'm also not a daredevil, but I've learned my confidence 
through my experiences, through my challenges. You have a specific growth methodology in working with clients. Can you explain how it works and the benefit it brings to businesses? Sure. I'd love to. Organizational rewilding is a growth methodology that's based on over 30 years of research of small companies. Over 1,300 small businesses were studied in great detail to figure out how to make them grow, what challenges do they have, what's the best indicator of growth. And what was determined through this research is that the single biggest predictor of what a business needs to grow is determined by the number of employees in the organization. It brought about this whole concept that really a business is a human ecosystem. And just like an ecosystem in the wild, there's certain things that have to be in place in order to thrive. And the organizational rewilding methodology has been able to delve down in by seven unique ages based on the number of employees Although now I prefer to say team members because we are in a gig economy and not everybody is an employee anymore, but yet can still be a very significant member of a team, a business team. And so we look at how many employees are there, how complex is the ecosystem and identify what's missing. And so rather than trying to put band-aids on issues, we go to the exact point that's causing the issue and resolve that. The term organizational rewilding is interesting, actually is a nod to this whole ecosystem concept. Rewilding, I don't know if you're familiar with Yellowstone National Park, but back in the 80s, the environment, the park was dying. It was being overrun by the elk population. They were having issues with erosion, plant growth, just all sorts of things. And somebody, I wish I knew who, identified that the downfall, the downturn started occurring when they got rid of the gray wolf population. So the gray wolf is a natural predator to the elk. And so when they were there, it was keeping the ecosystem in balance. You had all the necessary non-negotiable parts to make the ecosystem thrive. And so they reintroduced or rewilded the park by reintroducing gray wolves. And within two years, there was this massive turnaround. And just now it's the beautiful thriving national park that it is. And we take that same kind of process or, or thought process of What's missing? If you're a stage one business, you've got under 10 employees, cash flow is king. We all need to focus on process people and profit. But in that first startup stage, money is the key. If you don't have the money, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. You're not going to be able to get your products to market in a timely manner, you're not going to be able to provide consistent service to your clients. It's that type of concept that works. So every business reaches that point where internal operations can't keep up with the growth. How do you begin to shift your operations for growth? So the key is starting where you are. Obviously, I mentioned you based on your stage, you're going to have different primary focuses, whether it's your processes, your people, your sales, your customer service. But the challenge is 
we implement infrastructure operations for how things are going. And the trick is to be able to anticipate what's coming. And as you're creating the infrastructure, you start putting into place what will be needed. So a typical business grows in peaks and plateaus. You see this big upswing in growth and sales, and then operations falls apart. You can't support the customers properly. There are supply chain issues, whatever the case may be, and things flatline while you figure all of that out, and then you design for the next peak of growth. And so it's anticipating you shore up where you are now and then constantly staying a step ahead so that you don't hit that plateau. That's good. So what are some of the top struggles businesses face by the stage of growth that they're at? Sure. I focus primarily on companies that are in the first four stages of growth, which takes you from no employees to just under a hundred employees. And, but This methodology works for companies up to 300. I focus on the smaller stages because that's a, it's what I've lived and breathed. And I've seen what it's like not to have the methodology. And I've seen what it's like to have the methodology and so much better (laughs) when you know what you're doing or have somebody who knows what they're doing. But also because in those early stages, you go from around 25 to 30 employees to about 50 employees is where most companies transition from being all about the owner. It's an owner-centric organization to an enterprise-centric organization. And it's the toughest transition point for any business. The owner has to build trust. The team members need to be on the same page. Everything has to just align. It's a, a huge shift. So I try to focus in those first four stages. In those stages, the typical challenges range from inadequate sales and weak cash flow to having limited capital for growth. If you don't have the right operations in place, banks aren't going to give you the cash to help you make the bigger purchases and things that need to occur for growth. You start to see resistance to culture change. Employees, team members typically like things to be the way they've always been. And so how you handle that internally is really important to get you to the next stage. Early on, hiring quality people is really tough. You know, in your second stage of growth is where that really starts to become an issue. And then you transition to retaining the quality people. How do you get the right people who want to be there and stay? There also is often a, we call it a leadership staff gap. When you're small, it's kind of like everybody's in the dugout together, right? Everybody's at the same level-ish and in the same boat and rowing the same way. But the bigger you get, the easier it is for this divide to occur because you start to have the leaders focusing on forward and other team members just trying to get through the day and keep up. And it can create a lot of animosity. You can have situations where employees don't trust what's happening because they're not involved enough or they're not being given enough instructions or the resources so they can do their job or they're being micromanaged. All those types of things occur typically in that stage two through four is really where that can get tough. But those are your biggest challenges in those earlier stages. So what are some of the strategies you use to help businesses get unstuck? So 
basically it's if it's identifying what key elements are missing based on your stage and infusing those into the organization. In the earlier stages, that's done primarily working directly with the owner because it's really, they're still setting the tone for everything and building that foundation. As companies move toward into the second stage and third stage, then we start looking at engagements that can last anywhere from three to 10 weeks where you bring key members. So it's not just the owner making these decisions. It's not necessarily just the top two people making the decisions. If one of the issues that you have is inconsistent sales or products, sometimes your client reviews, sometimes are you get fives and you get ones and you can't figure out what's making that difference. Then we start looking at things like core and brand values. And at that point, you bring people from multiple parts of the organization together, even if they're not officially a have a leader title. But the key people involved and together you work through identifying what is missing, not only what's missing, but how are you going to replace? How are you going to build it so that it's right? And everybody's on the same page and everybody has the same foundation and the folks responsible for customer service are on the same page as the people marketing who are on the same page as the finance people who are collecting payments and it creates this symbiosis where everybody works together again. It's getting everybody back in that same boat. How do you work with clients to improve their business ecosystem? A few different ways. I like to start with an assessment that I have. It's a pretty comprehensive assessment. It only takes about 15 minutes of the owner's time gathering some information, but I'm able to take that and overlay it on the stages of growth and pinpoint what's working well and what's not working well. And then we create a game plan. What's your biggest challenge? If you've got some issues, but weak cash flow is your is there, you're not going to grow without cash. So we start looking at what's going to get the cash flow coming in. You know, if you're short staffed, gosh, everybody right now is short staffed. It's its own pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Right. In a way. And we can all compete on compensation only so much. And so let's look at, okay, we need to peel back and understand the foundation. What structure does your business really need? What roles do you really have? And what skill sets are needed? And are you putting the right skill sets together? You see it all the time with small businesses where they start with a core group of two, 10 people, and they're all just really good people. And they can do a little bit of everything. And suddenly you have one person who's doing some tasks that require them to be extremely responsive to the client and other tasks that require concentrated effort. And if you have somebody doing both of those at the same time, it's impossible. Neither is going to be good. And so we start looking at things like that level of are the the roles? Yes, Susie can do X, Y, and Z, all of them well. But we need to put her, she, X and Y are really compatible jobs or roles. So let's focus her on those two. And we're going to find someone else who has some other responsibilities that are this more waiting for to pick up the phone, waiting for the phone to ring. I've got to jump as soon as it does. We'll put some other things together for them. So you've got 
roles that and responsibilities that support each other. That makes sense. Can you share some of your success stories with us? Gosh, I don't know where to start. <laughs> this sounds really bad. Not meaning I've got so many, but yeah, we've had, we've worked with companies. There are a couple of companies in Colorado that are in the CBD pot, marijuana, however you want to say it, world. And they had this explosive growth before anybody, before the, even the industry knew what it was doing. So you didn't have industry experts to turn to. And so it was a lot of making it up as you go. And we were able to use the rewilding platform to help them prioritize what needed to be focused on first and then working together through it so that they created it, but they created it in a systematic way that not only supported their industry, but it supported their business, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's really Um, good. Yeah, there's a service-based company that does um, IT support. Yeah, and this, gosh, this is, you know, me all day long, you get into the IT world because you're really good at fixing computers and you make a whole lot more money if you're the one billing the client than if you know, you're working for Joe Schmo who's billing the client while you go do all the work. And for a while that works great. But if you want to start, eventually you decide you don't want to be the one crawling around, pulling cables and pushing buttons. And Maybe there's a reason Joe Schmo wasn't doing that, but still making a lot of money and learning how to be the business owner and learning how to take people who your team members who are smart, they know how to figure things out. They're problem solvers, but how do you, you can't send everybody to get their MBA or, and so we've worked together with one of them. We worked just with the owner stage one company, took him from three employees. He's got five right now. He's on projected to be at 10 by the end of next year, just kind of getting that foundation in place. So then it just becomes this natural progression. What do you think your truth has been that has gotten you this far in your journey? I think my truth is my why, which is that I was put on this earth to help other people realize their full potential. And originally, and this is, goes back to this, all these jobs I've done. I started out, I was going to be a teacher, decided I didn't have enough patience for that, just doing student teaching. So switch course and got the psychology degree. And then when I was in HR, it was really about helping people get what they needed, whether it was meeting their job needs, meeting their benefits needs, whatever. IT, it was about giving our clients the foundation, the technology, which back then was a huge competitive advantage to have computers that worked yeah, all the right. time. <laughs> and eliminating the obstacles so that People can live in their genius and people can go to their strengths and accomplish what they've been put on this earth to do. And so doing it with business is just wrapping everything I've done and my knowledge and my skill set together. One last question. If you're able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? Trust your gut and don't worry about what others think. Yeah, I think we all know in our hearts and in our guts what is right for us. And just having the courage to just do it. Yeah, so true. I love that. So if there are people that are listening and they'd like to work with you, what's the best way of contacting you? 
Easiest way is go to my website. It's Perot, P-E-R-O-W, advisoryservices.com. And you can contact me right there. You can take the free assessment. There are different things you can download and they can always find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. And I'll put all those links down below. And Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. This is such an area that is needed. I've talked to so many people that struggle in this area. And so I'm so glad that you've come on and share your expertise today. Thank you. It's my honor. I think anytime we can help others figure out the nuts and bolts so they can provide the greatness that they are. Yeah. It's a win for everybody. Yeah, definitely. And if you're listening, you want more information about my podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone and have a wonderful week.